Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. You can find out more about working with me on my website at jessicatravis.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Another episode of the Connected Podcast. I am excited about my guest today um, and sharing her story with you. Um, I have with me today Erica Carico, who is a fellow Beautiful You Coaching Academy coaching sister, um, and a very successful one at that. And um, and so I have uh, found my way to her social media, to the business that she does through that connection. But I've also found another connection that I have with Erica. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But as always, I'm going to start with um, introducing Erica to you um, the way I always do by asking, Erica, who are you? (laughs) Oh, I love this question. Um, Well, I think, you know, from just a a business perspective, um, I... I really feel like I'm here to help people to awaken to their divine gifts and awaken to their life purpose, their soul purpose, and really step powerfully into that on all levels. Um, so that, you know, one, they can have the impact that they're destined to have in the world and two, earn an incredible income and create a lifestyle that they're just absolutely obsessed with as well. Well, and watching, um, some of your clients who are friends of mine, um, just become so excited and energized with their businesses on a, like a little bit freaky level, like, like just <laughs> super excited. Like they go into it saying, Hey, yeah, I want to have this business. And they come away from working with you. And it's, it's this new life energy. There's something that else is that's behind it. So it's very impressive to watch. And, um, I'm hoping we can go a little bit deeper into your business side too, um, but I want to grab the whole picture of Erica and um, find out a little bit more about you. But I am doing something in honor of you today. I have kombucha in a wine glass. Oh my 
sweet. <laughs> I love it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so you posted so something on social media about um, drinking kombucha in a wine glass. And I was like, okay. And yeah. I did it one time and I'm like, oh, it's different. It breathes. Yeah. It, it's like this new experience. So now I do it. I can only drink so much while I'm having an interview because, you know, yeah. kombucha makes you burp. So. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's uh, so fun. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, it's the best way to have it. It's like my complete afternoon ritual. I just, oh, it feels yeah. so good. Well, it's super mm-hmm. hot here in the Pacific Northwest right now. And so I am all about anything cold and refreshing. My flavor is coconut lime. Seemed totally oh. appropriate. Um, but yeah. Like beachy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's definitely that's one of those mean. heat cutters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of locations, where do you live? I'm in Colorado. So just right about, I don't know, 20 miles. Well, probably not 15 miles north of Denver and about eight or nine miles east of Boulder. So kind of just right in there. Okay. Okay. I have, uh, I've only visited Colorado, but, um, beautiful pictures that I see you posting beautiful spaces. You love to be outdoors, right? That's what I get from that. (laughs) Yes. That is my thing. That is where I feel at home and just the most connected and less chaos, you know, just sort of, I can breathe out there. So I'm going to bring us to this little connection that we have. Um, and I'm really curious about this part of your story because um, I haven't one-on-one with you um, had a conversation about this. So I am discovering this as I as we talk today. Um, I, For me, I had, um, my listeners know that I had a, um, uh, a tumor in my eye that I had to go through all of this, you know, life-changing uh, surgeries and different things, um, that go along with that. And, um, because it was such a pivotal thing on my perspective and my outlook on life and, and then what I chose to do, I wanted to find out from you, you had a, um, a health condition that, uh, affected your life in a big way. And I was hoping maybe you would share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was, 36. So it was about, well, it was four, almost five years ago now. And I had a toddler, a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I was still nursing my little girl and I, my life came crashing down, um, when I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Wow. Yeah. So w- where, um, wow. I mean, two little ones, I had grown children, um, when I found out about what was going on with me. Um, what did you do? What was your reaction? You know, that is a really good question. Um, I, my reaction was, I knew, I, I knew that it was coming. I knew that it was there. I had a real strong intuitive feeling that there was just something really off with my body. And even though I wasn't having physical symptoms yet, I just knew for about six months that there was something weird going on in my body. I could feel it. And, um, I, I actually was like, okay, thank God that this has finally happened. Now we know where it is. We know what it is. Let's figure out what we need to do. Um, I think was kind of my initial reaction to it, but of course, you know, the six months to a year following where I look back now and I think, wow, there was so much trauma, (laughs) 
around that. I am not actually sure that I've really mm-hmm. fully healed through that and allowed myself to look at how it really fully affected me. You know, so many good and amazing and beautiful things came from it, but the fear that I felt throughout that and still do sometimes um, is just over the top. So I'm curious with you saying that in regards to fear. Um, I, when I, when we entered this pandemic era, I realized something surfaced for me, um, kind of, uh, I think they were coming out of, of the fears that I had had during, you know, questioning mortality and quality of life and all of those things that you do. And, um, and so for me going into, um, going into the pandemic, um, I became, it's kind of this mix between I have I have come across this line of mortality too close for comfort and I'm not wanting to go there again. And I found yeah. myself with this really strong, I don't know if it was fear or respect for what was happening um, in our community and really wanting to stay away. I didn't want to walk down that road again. I didn't want to feel those things again that I felt the first time around. Yeah. Any, any relate, I mean, did you, when you talk about fear, is that kind of what you're, you're referring to? Yeah, absolutely. The fear of, I mean, all of it. And I think the pandemic brought this, like you said, questioning mortality and, um, and just our way of life on a global scale. But yeah, I certainly, it was definitely all brought up for me again as well. And I haven't really shared too much about this part of my journey, but you know, in the beginning and towards the beginning in the middle of last year, I, it brought up so much for me that I didn't want to cope and I didn't want to deal with it again. And so I started drinking wine, you know, not too much, but enough to where it was being used for the wrong reason. You know, I just wanted to drown it all out. Um, because I didn't want to feel and go through exactly like you said that again, um, which since I've completely gotten sober, but yeah, it brought up a lot for me too. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, I'm, I'm making an assumption here that you're in remission. Is that a correct assumption? Yep. Yep. Yes. Correct. Yeah. As far as I know. Um, yeah, it, as far as I know, it hasn't come back. We, I, I did, my insurance actually denied my follow-up appointments last year, um, which was really interesting. So I haven't actually had my scans for about a year and a half now. Um, but I'm assuming (laughs) I I feel really healthy. I feel energetically clean and I just feel very guided and very connected now. Um, and I just, I really feel like I'm okay. Do you have any particular, um, I guess, a takeaway or shift that happened during that time that said, it's going to be different. Some, this this is going to make this different. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, and this is, I knew for so many years leading up to my diagnosis. And I think so many women know that we're not living the life that we're destined to live. We know we're playing small. We know we're not in the right relationship. We know we're not parenting our kids as best as we could. We know we're in a job or a career that is sucking the life out of us. And we know that we're here for so much more, but we don't know how to get out or we're too scared to make a move or make a change or start the business or leave the relationship or we're too scared. And I was 
was too, but I knew that I was slowly dying in my life. And, you know, my body got to a point where it actually started dying along with my soul. And what happened to me was when I was in, I think I had just come out of surgery because I had a pretty big tumor on one of my kidneys and I don't have now one of my, I have half a kidney left. Um, and the tumor was removed along with half my kidney. So when I was recovering, it was probably a few days after my surgery, I was in my little girl's room in her nursery and I was rocking her to sleep and I was nursing her. And I just had this moment of like total meltdown you know, mm. like I could not under, I was so devastated. I was just thinking, you know, how, why now? And why me? And yeah. what is going to happen to this little baby? And what is going to happen to my toddler? And am I going to be able to see them grow up? And just, it was one of those moments where, like you said, you, you actually accept death and you accept mm. that maybe I'm not going to be here. And so I had this huge breakdown, but in the midst of it, I literally heard this voice saying to me remission. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, I still get goosebumps because I'm like, what remission? What are you, you know, yeah. what is that? What, what does that even mean? And all of a sudden it was just like this clear picture came to me and this clear thought. And it was like remission, remission, remember why you're here. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, me too. Because in that moment, I was like, I completely forgot. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot why I came here. Mm -hmm. This isn't it. And this is my chance to, to live my life, mm -hmm. how I actually know I'm here to live it and to have the impact that I know that I'm here to have and to show my kids how to be in full expression of themselves and to create a life of, um, of happiness and joy and freedom and love. And so in that moment, it was sort of a promise to myself that if I get through this and if my cancer doesn't come back and if I do live, then I'm going to live very differently. And I'm going to allow everything that is not me to leave and exit my life. Not right away. Of course it takes time. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to build it in a way that is so fully soul aligned and so guided. Um, and I'm going to remember why I'm here and I'm actually going mm. to fulfill my mission. Sometimes I consider like this moment that you're describing and I have one similar to a gift in that moment although the whole thing doesn't feel like a gift at the time but it feels like a gift because I actually have a marker in time that said this is where and how and why I made a shift yeah. and sometimes we don't always get that and then when you start to move forward it's like wait what was I doing and why am I doing that but when you have these big, like life turning moments like this, it's, it's, uh, at least for me, I find it easy to go back to grab a hold of it and say, oh yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah. So absolutely. can you give me a little bit of background, um, on what, what was going on in your life, maybe career, maybe family that you felt like this shift happened? Where did, where were you at? And where did you go to in that shift? 
Yeah, I think a couple, the three biggest pieces for me were one, my career. I had wanted to start my own business and I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a speaker for years and years and years. And I talked myself out of it so many times for all the different reasons. I'm too young when I was like 29 or I don't have enough experience to be a life coach or I hate public speaking. I, you know, how could I ever learn that? Um, I, or I actually, the biggest thing was we're starting a family. We're getting married. I need the paycheck. I need, um, the security. I need the benefits. I need all the things. And so it really just kept me in my career and I was so burnt out and I was so miserable and I was so unhappy and I was so tired of building somebody else's dream and working so hard, but yet someone telling me where to be, how many vacation days I can take, how long of a maternity leave I can take, you know, Mm -hmm. here, send this new little baby off to daycare. I mean, there, I felt like I was a prisoner in my own life. And so that was the first biggest piece was just, I knew I absolutely was not doing the work that I was wanting to do. And I had just really talked myself out of it for too long. And so that absolutely changed. I, um, I started my, my own business actually the week after surgery, I started beautiful you coaching Academy. Um, and, you know, spent six months training alongside of my healing journey and then started my business after that quit my full-time job one year later. And I've never looked back. Um, the other piece though, was I, was in a marriage. Um, and you know, there wasn't anything bad about it, but I think I entered it so unconsciously and so not knowing myself that it also felt like Mm. a prison and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know how to fix it. And I had two small babies, whereas, you know, one of my biggest values is freedom. And I breastfed both of them, you know, the first one until he was two. And then I was pregnant. And then I breastfed the little one again until she was three. And so it was like six years of just being tied to these humans. And I just felt like a shell of myself. And I, um, I was living in Iowa also at the time we had just moved back from Australia. And to me, that was, my family was there, which was amazing, but it was so just not my place. And there were no mountains and there were so many reasons why I was dying there. Mm. Um, and it all just really hit ahead when, when I was diagnosed, it was like, I can't do any of these things anymore. Like they all have to go. Um, and they did. It's, it's interesting. It, um, I hear often times when, when people make big shifts in their life, particularly those that, um, allow them to dive into the truth of who they are, that, I've been putting this on the back shelf since I was, you know, 16. I don't go you down know. there. Yo, all those excuses. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, excuses is such a terrible word, but all of those reasons that we come up with that say that that should stay over there. And when we allow those things back in, wow, it affects everything. We're not the same person that we were when we got married. We're not the same person we were when we you know, gave birth when we moved and lived in this place and that place and, um, relationships change. And, but for you, this was, um, not just an awakening. It was a move to those freedoms and move into what had always been there. It sounds like. Absolutely. It was the awakening happened prior, you know, really from sort of around 2009, 
10, 11, 12, those areas. Um, but it was after, it was at this point that I really took action on everything and was like, okay, fear really can't hold me back anymore. Fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of losing everyone, my family, my husband, um, my, where I lived. I mean, you're stepping into, I call it the void now. And I can understand why, you know, you're, you're, really stepping out of the old life that you've created in all aspects and you don't know what you're stepping into. Like you're just, you feel like you're kind of just jumping into this abyss of blackness and it's uncertainty and it's terrifying and it's scary. But I think, you know, like you said, an illness or diagnosis is actually a gift. Um, And I've seen a lot of my clients have come to me when they've also been diagnosed, but it kind of gives you that nudge to like, what, what do I have to lose? Like I almost died or I could die. And in all honesty, I'm like just ready to jump into that black hole because I kind of already did, you know, exactly. I just, nothing is going to be worse than that. (laughs) I described, um, for me, it was a brain surgery that was going to remove my tumor. Yeah. And you have to have brain surgery. Yeah. I had two of them in a four month period. And the, but the first one, of course, you don't know what you're going into. And my my surgeon had said to me, I, I think um, really, really smart doctors that try to be funny <laughs> often <laughs> kind of miss the mark. And um, yeah. so we're, we're meeting with him and he says, yeah, we're just we're just going to open you up. And I'm just going to take this little paddle and we're going to just scoop your brain back and we're going to get in there and fix your eye. And um, my husband just felt like pale. He's like, you're going to what? You're going to scoop her brain? And he's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, the the frontal lobe, it won't matter. (laughs) He's trying to be funny here, you know. And um, but I remember, um, you know, contemplating, you know, one do I survive this? Do I come, is my last memory going to sleep before surgery? Or if I do survive this, who am I going to be on the other side? We're talking about my brain, right? And um, so my, my idea of quality of life just completely shifted. Like you were saying, like, wait a minute, I've spent a lot of time, a lot of energy in these spaces for other people, for other projects that have, you know, no connection directly with me. They're not mine. They're, um, the, the energy I've spent on, um, toxic relationships, things like that. And I'm going, and this is where it lands me. Like I'm at this moment and this isn't what I want to end on. And, um, so I decided, yeah. I decided that's that I needed this isn't what I want to end on. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had to walk into surgery that morning going, where do I want to start from? Like, this is an opportunity for that start, whatever it might look like. I have no idea what's on the other side, but I, but that the moment, um, is very vivid to me of being, um, once they take you out of pre-op and they're taking you back to the OR, you're just laying on a bed and you've got people around you, the team, and they're putting you in there and they're talking before you go under. And I just remember thinking is the last thing I'm going to see these lights. Like, is, is that it? And, um, so when I woke up and I was okay, and I mean, there's other stuff, you know, that goes along with healing process, but I thought I can't, I can't do the same thing again, you know? 
And to to take a big, for me, the big shift was um, hiring a life coach and saying, help me figure out uh, what this looks like on the other side of this. And, um, and then I did that. And then I was like, I think I want to be a life coach. <laughs> like, I think I want to turn this around. So similar, you know, to your story, it's like, I made this huge, um, career shift as well. And, um, it's, uh, it, it is that when, when you go ahead and go to that space of saying, I I have no control of what's on the other side of this. I don't know what's next. And you come to peace with that moment. Um, fear is yeah. an interesting thing. It's a different kind of relationship moving forward. At least yeah. it is for me. So I'm curious for you, how, how do you uh, have a relationship with fear now on the other side of that? That's a really good question. I would say it stopped me from doing so many things in the past. And now it's like going through that process. Um, and now I mean, building a business, things scare me every day, but like, I really feel fear is a friend of mine and I've got comfy with it being in the back seat. It's not in the driver's seat anymore, but it's always there with me. And I know that I can get through any kind of fear at this point. You're um, freaking Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> no, I I honestly sometimes when I just get like in such a space because that inner critic is so loud and noisy. And uh, yeah. and I get in front of the mirror and I'm like, just wait a minute. You're freaking Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Pull out your cape and let's do this thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's so true. And just feel the fear and do it anyway. It's easier said than done. But, um, I think when there's no, I think the thing about facing your, your facing death and accepting that you may die, that's like the ultimate fear, right? And there's no way around that. There's no way to make that fear go away. And so you have to walk through it alongside it. And I think once you realize that fear itself is not going to kill you and it's just a feeling, mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier to befriend it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. To befriend it. It's, um, I, I it makes me think um, I keep trying to have this allyship with my inner critic rather than being yeah. against it, um, but actually looking at how can we walk this together um, yeah. and per having that perspective about fear. Um, okay, you're trying to tell me something. Let's talk about this. Let's figure out how we go forward together in this um, yeah. rather than just that wave of like paralyzation from yeah, it. Absolutely. So absolutely. for you, big shifts, um, you said your marriage being one of them. Um, and what were some other, um, your career, obviously, because we were talking about that, um, a big move, um, to a new state. Yeah. Um, anything, any other, I mean, it just sounds like you just went, boom, let's, let's do this thing. Yeah, I did. And I also, you know, of course I shifted so much around my health. I, I think one of the biggest things that really came out of that was, you know, I had always been a healthy person. Um, I tried to eat the right things and, you know, I always worked out and went to the gym. Um, but looking back now, 
it was not from a place of love and it was not from a place of having a relationship with myself. And it was not from a place of knowing myself and loving myself. And I know, you know, I kind of eye roll when I hear the word self-love, but it's so true. I, I didn't know that loving yourself was even a thing. And I was trying to be healthy, um, you know, so that I had energy to take care of my kids. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to look good. I wanted to, um, I was, I was so critical of myself and I wanted everything in my life to be perfect. And I wanted to look perfect and I wanted to be, look a certain way and be a certain way and feel a certain way. And so what I was doing from a health perspective was from a critical point of view mm-hmm. as to like, you can't eat all these other things because Erica, they're going to make you fat or, you know, um, why did you have X, Y, and Z when you know that, you know, you're going to feel like shit later or whatever. It was all really different. Whereas what I so shifted after my cancer diagnosis was like, man, we are incredible, not just biological, physical beings, but like from a spiritual perspective, like our bodies are so magical and so incredible and so powerful. And they're, they're really a carrier for our soul and our spirit. And they are what allows us to do the work that we're here to do on so many levels. And, um, so for me, it was such an experience of learning to know myself and learning to really deeply love myself at like a cellular level. And I, I literally, you know, dove into the work of Louise Hay. And I was like, my body created this toxicity and yes, all these other things in my life needed to change. But also if my body created this once it can do it again, but if it re- if it created this, it can uncreate it. And so I just dove into this like spiritual surrendering and this journey of self-love. And I just really, um, I treat myself so differently now. And I think so differently of, of my, my being and my body and, um, how I live my life now is so much more free of the negative and the critical thoughts that I used to constantly be, um, just like bombarded by. And now it's like, there's, there's so much more space for me to think about other things and to create. Um, I don't know if you've had that experience as well, but, my whole way of being also shifted. Yeah. I, I came from a running and triathlon background. And so I learned to treat my body as a machine. Like this is like you do your car. Okay. If I put the oil in and if I put the gas in and I take, you know, regular checkups, like this is, this is how it works. And the goal was the most efficient machine that I could build. Right. Um, and the idea of self-love, like when you said eye roll, I'm like, oh, I'm so <laughs> there. I still do it. I like teach self-love, but I still eye roll. There's yeah. nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a complicated word for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think one of the things um, for me, the health journey took me on was I kept going back. Oh yeah. I saw that. Oh yeah. It was there. I had signs all along and then now on this side of it, I'm far more of a listener to my body um, and not a suck it up and get over it, Jess. I am a what do you need, Jess? 
And what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Why are you tired? Why do you, do you want this green juice or this smoothie? Or does the fact that you were the thought of it make you want to gag Then don't drink it? I mean, yeah, yeah totally. It's exactly yeah. right. And yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm curious, um, for you, you, you talked about this void you're working on saying, Hey, I can love you, Erica. Like I can be in this relationship with self that looks a lot different than it did before. I'm curious, what do you love most about yourself? Oh my gosh, that is amazing question. What do I love most about myself? Wow. My hair. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I honestly think. And you, you know, I'm going to preface that. That's, we are taught that that's a vain thing to love about ourselves, right? <laughs> so true. We are. Like, you're right. That's so true. So yeah, you can own it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually do love my hair. It's my brand now. So that's fun. <laughs> um, but I think the thing that I love the most about myself is I, I trust myself now and I, other people trust me as well. I think, um, you know, this like innate knowing and this intuition that I have, um, is something also that really came from my cancer journey. And I use it so deeply in my life, but also in the lives of my clients too. And I think, um, just really knowing that I can trust myself and my intuition and my own guidance that is coming through. Um, and also the fact that other people really trust me to see them and to hear them as well. Yeah. So how does this thing that you love the most about yourself, how does it navigate your life decisions, your career, your family, your relationships? Um, what has that stepping into that and um, owning that part of who you are, how, how does that affect you on a day-to-day -day basis? Is that where your business gets created? Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. It's, I literally... I, um, yeah, my business is created this way, new programs, new offerings are created this way, new ways of marketing are created this way. Um, you know, right now I'm navigating a separation from my husband and we have two small kids and mm -hmm. that is all navigated by the trust I have in myself and my intuition. And a lot of times we try and think our way through so much. And what I've learned is that, um, I, I can trust myself and I, I make good decisions and my decisions come from, um, an intuitive place and not an egoic place anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, and as far as your business is concerned too, you, you've had a tremendous amount of success in your business. Um, and, uh, what I understand about your, your business story is that you, uh, you worked your ass off for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have worked hard. Yes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were holding two jobs at once as you were building this. Is that right? I held one. Yep. So I was the executive director of a not-for-profit organization. And of course I had the two babies and, um, yeah, building my business in the evenings and on weekends. Yeah. And then won a big award with, um, beautiful you coaching Academy, international coach of the year. Let's see what year yeah. was that? Was that 2020? 
2020. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. Yeah, I went down to Australia. I was one of the last flights out and then Australia's border borders closed and the US went into lockdown. So yeah, I yeah, didn't get my graduation because of COVID. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, I know. And the inspiration day got canceled, yeah. all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your business. What is it that you specifically do? Um, and then I also want to tag on to that. What are you dreaming for your business as well? Yeah. So my business is, there's two parts of it. One, it has a program where it's called Awaken Your Purpose, really designed to help people, women particularly, who don't know why they're here. What am I here? What are my divine gifts? What is my life purpose? What is my soul purpose? I know that it's not what I'm doing right now, but what is it? And so this program really walks you through a process to get to know yourself on a soul level and then um, figure out what business do I want to start or what career do I want to move into? What is aligned with my purpose? And that's really what that program is for. And then I have Soul Business Accelerator, um, which is essentially for spiritual entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, intuitives, psychics, mediums, therapists, health practitioners. Um, yeah, just anyone who really has that service-based business to it's a roadmap to six figures. So how do I get to those eight, $10,000 months in a way that actually works? And, um, I teach really getting off of social media. There's no paid Facebook ads or anything like that. So it's a little bit of a different approach, but, um, so yeah, really helping women to have the impact that they want to have and heal the world in the way that they know they're meant to heal it. And also create that financial mm-hmm. abundance for themselves too. Uh, very fascinating to me because, this is the one part of the business I don't enjoy is feeding the social media monster. Oh, it's horrible. Get yeah. I always say, just get off yeah. it. Don't even bother. Just get off it. Cut the, just pull the pin on it. And, um, it's not going to get you anywhere anyway. Yeah. And it's soul destroying because people put, they spend so much time creating this beautiful, heartfelt, soulful content to put on social media and they hear crickets. It doesn't, yeah. nobody is even seeing it or reading it or hearing it. And it's devastating. And then it makes you question yourself. Why am I even doing this? Is this maybe this isn't why I'm here. And maybe this was a bad idea when in actuality, you're just using a marketing strategy that doesn't work for the level of, or the stage of business that you're in. It's simple. Well, especially for, um, intuitives or, um, empaths or, um, uh, mystics or those who are highly attuned to, um, to, like you were talking about to to serving other people in that capacity, to really being guided by intuition, social media works so against that. And then all of this energy that goes into what you actually want to do goes into something you don't actually want to do. Completely. 1000%. Yeah. 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 So what are you, what are you dreaming? What, what, I mean, this has been very successful for you. You're helping other coaches, other business owners to become very successful at their dreams. What more dreams does Erica have? Yeah. Well, I think obviously, you know, this is a big transition year for me, um, just on a personal level coming into, um, you know, being a single person again, after being in a relationship for 13 years and wow, who am I outside Mm. of a marriage? Um, and so for me, I'm really dreaming. My business is so abundant and so supportive and just brings in the most soulful clients that, um, for me, I'm, I'm really focusing on this next evolution of me. And from that, I know is going to come, um, a, a book and mm. I want to speak 
And um, I know it's going to take my work that much deeper on a Mm. soulful, spiritual level. Um, So always running the programs that we're running, but I think, you know, right now um, doing, doing the inner work and stepping into the void once again and allowing myself to transform um, so that I can really take things deeper and to the next level. Wow. Okay. Book on the list then. (laughs) Yes, it's coming. (laughs) Okay. So, so speaking of books, um, is there, are there a couple of books that you are either totally into right now, or is your, this is your go-to book you recommend it to everybody. Well, so the book that is, I recommend all the time that absolutely changed my life. And it's why I started my business. It's how it changed my complete relationship with money. I now, I went from like having no savings to just incredible savings. I invest, um, I own property now. I mean, I literally changed my money mindset and that is when my life just went boom. Mm. It's, um, a book by an Australian entrepreneur, Denise Stuffield Thomas, and it's called get rich, lucky bitch. Oh, (laughs) sounds fun. It is. It's fun. Get rich, lucky bitch. And I really think that every, um, entrepreneur should read it. Um, I, it just, it shifted everything for me. That was one. And then the second one, I mean, I'm just a huge fan and I always have, it's like my Bible think and grow rich. I just find, I mean, it's definitely a little bit old school, but honestly, the the principles in here are just so tried and true. Um, and let's see, what else am I reading? I'm kind of one of those people that always has like five books going at once. Are you, or are you a one? Um, well, <laughs> I'm trying to discipline myself to actually finish a book, um, yeah. versus, uh, starting five of them and being, you know, three or four chapters in and then like, okay, yeah. I'm paralyzed. I don't know which one to, you know, pick totally. up. Um, so I yeah. moved to some audio books so that I would yeah. like force to just kind of, well, by the author. So it's a lot of fun that way. But, um, so when I drive to work, I can, um, listen and then I won't let myself start another one until I finish well, that is a way to do it yes <laughs> I mean, well I'm sure you probably have but also Glenn and Doyle untamed I mean of it's course a woman's bible good. it's a woman's bible I just refer back to it so often yeah. when I'm you know going through a hard time and or my kids are upset or crying mm-hmm. or sad or whatever I'm crying and upset yeah. why am I doing myself I come back and I read that and it's like be the goddamn cheetah yeah. you know don't be the, the lab chasing after the stupid pink stuffy. Like that's not who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I had my husband read it and it was very enlightening. I said, I think you'll understand something about me by reading this book and, and, and you know, just the dynamics of women in the world and how we navigate it and how we think we should navigate it. Yeah. I, I love that book. That's yeah. always one I recommend too. Um, so uh, I want people to be able to get in touch with you who listen to your story. Um, it, we were talking before we started recording that we we know that there are so many different chapters in our life and so many different stories. And there's so many directions that I would love to keep going with you. Um, but I want people to be able to get in touch with you, connect with you, especially if they are in wanting to take their business, um, to the next level, take their dream to that next level. Um, so I want to be able to go through that, but I also want to give you an opportunity. Do you have, uh, an, a mind shift influencer, somebody who is regularly challenging you, growing you? Um, 
I know I've hired life coaches to help me with that. Um, and yeah. I follow a few people who are just regularly daily are like, hey, this is this is where I'm at today. And it just challenges me to shift perspective too. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm always working with a coach, you know, a lot of times I have two or three. So I have like a spiritual um, slash relationship coach who, yeah, he's amazing. And I have a business coach as well. But I think for me right now, you know, when I'm really in the mode of wanting to build my business and, um, you know, we're going for a million dollar turnover, um, which we're going to hit next year is pretty, pretty much going to happen, which is amazing. Um, I love listening to Amanda Francis. Mm -hmm. I love her podcast and a lot of her, what she teaches about money and about mindset. And I definitely turn to that quite a bit as well. Um, I turn to Abraham Hicks a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. You can just search. Yeah. You can search Abraham Hicks, even just on YouTube and a bunch of, um, videos and talks will come up. So if there's something that I'm struggling with, um, like depression or anxiety or my health, for example, I, Abraham Hicks really got me through. Um, it's all about like a law of attraction and and how it works and how it doesn't work. And Abraham Hicks has just gotten me through so much in my life. Um, and then of course I always love Joe Dispenza as well, because, you know, he talks so much about, he's got two books, one becoming supernatural and two breaking the habit of being yourself. And Mm. it's true. If we keep living life, how we were living with the same thoughts, behaviors, patterns, routines, we're going to keep creating the exact life that we've been creating. It's like, duh, but it's hard to create something new based on what we've been thinking, living, being, breathing. And so it's all about really training your mind to think and be and believe a different way. And then your reality really shifts into that. And that honestly is just how I live my life right now. I, Mm. I feel it. I breathe it. I know it. I believe it. And, um, then I manifest it. That makes me think of a book and I don't have it in front of me. Um, writing your script. Oh Uh, yeah. Or something like that. I think I have the title wrong, but, um, this idea that there's a daily practice of um, manifesting your day. You you mentioned something that um, that I really connected with, and that was um, this idea of um, small thinking or um, a thinking that we've we've always used and kind of expecting a different result, right? And we mm-hmm. we shouldn't. Right. We should get the same result we've always had, right? Um, and I think. Um, one of the conversations my husband and I are having a lot lately is coming from a small mindset on money and how it works, the yeah. nine to five clock in, clock out um, yep. kind of experience, the um, addition um, yep. equation of money versus a multiplication equation of money. Um, and uh, it's really hard to make those shifts um, right. in how we think about money to something that's far more expansive. And we keep running into people who just know how to do this money thing. They just yeah. know how to, um, how to think differently about it. Um, yeah. I'm getting the impression that this is part of what you do with your clients is we've got to think differently about your business. We have Look. to think differently about the money that you want to make and how we make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1000%. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that's why we hire coaches and that's why we hire mentors. And, you know, I mean, for example, I was talking to my coach the other day around, oh man, I've, it's so annoying. I've lost $30,000 this year in Facebook ads, which isn't a strategy I teach, by the way, it's something that's kind of like higher level. Um, and she was like, she's like, pull your shit together, Erica. Like that's nothing. She's like, I spend a hundred thousand dollars a month in Facebook ads. And it just, that to me is like, it just shifted my perspective. Okay. Amazing. Like she doesn't just earn a hundred thousand dollars a month. She actually spends that amount on advertising in her business. And all of a sudden my brain went from like $30,000, like a lot of money to spend on, to waste on Facebook ads over six months. Whereas actually I could possibly be spending a hundred thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads, period. Like it just, that shifted my mindset to this is normal for a million dollar business owner. And, um, how do I get there? What do I need to do now to get there? So it's just like something, someone just says something so simple like that. And it just shifts your whole belief system. Right. Yeah. So for you wanting to have a different or a better relationship with money, you're mm-hmm. diving into the spaces, the people, the coaching that gets you there. Like you want a different result. Absolutely. So you're putting yourself in the spaces to get yeah. a different result, a different um, outlook on it. And yep. that's the work you're also doing with your clients. Yeah, 100%. Sounds Absolutely. like I need to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always say. Like whether it's me or myself, get a coach, yeah. first of all. And second of all, Find someone who, yes, you resonate with, you clicked with, because I think that's the most important thing, but also someone who's created what you want to create and go work with them. Like that's, they're going to save you years and time and so much money. Um, You know, it's like, why, let's say if, if I wanted to call you, I could just ask you for your number and you could tell it to me instead of me trying to like sit here for years trying right. to figure out the exact combination. Like by the time I even get that right, if I ever do, I'm not even going to remember why the hell I was calling you in the first place. Yeah, right. So take the shortcuts, find someone who's created what you want to create and go work go with them. Do it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's inspiring. Um, I work with a, uh, when, when I work with clients, we don't work on a business end as much as we do mindset, inner work, um, uh, personal, uh, personal truth, that sort of thing, um, working through that kind of what we talked about in the beginning, the, um, this was the story I lived. I want to write a new story. I want it to be authentic. I want it to be true to me. And, um, what usually comes from that is a shift in, I want to do this thing I've been thinking about for this many years. I want a business of my own. I want to own my time. I want to call the shots. I want to take control back of all the things that I've given control over to. And um, so I think this is going to be really um, helpful to my listeners because that's exactly where they're at is I want to do something. Um, And you're saying, I don't have to settle. I don't have to say no. I can say yes. I just need to find the right people um, to help me get there. We can achieve, have, and be anything that we want. There is zero reason why not. We just have to line ourselves up with the right people and say yes and 
um, make hard, scary, big, bold decisions, but there is no reason why not. And, you know, it's, it's not if for me, um, nowadays when there's something that I want to achieve or experience or have, or believe it's when, and, you know, by really having that belief system, um, my life has changed in so many incredible ways. Mm-hmm. And now on on this side of who you are, you don't need the big catastrophic, you know, <laughs> message from the doctor to do that. You know you have it in you to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm hoping that, like for me, the clients that I work with that, they don't have to have that moment of right. laying on the bed under the lights, you know, that we can do this without that. We can get there without that. So, yep, absolutely. but your story is still it, incredibly inspiring. Um, and, you know, I follow you on social media and just find your one, your love for the outdoors and your love for life and your energy um, contagious. And, um, <laughs> and so I, I think that it's like you said, I want to be around people who um, are are giving are doing that thing or are feeling that thing that I want to feel um, or experience that thing that I want to experience. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff, Erica. So powerful. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. Yeah, so good. And I think your point too is really important that we don't have to wait for the diagnosis to change our lives. And in actual fact, um, I mean, so many people do, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many stories of ours, but it doesn't have to be a thing. And I think once you have that inner knowing, like for me now, it's like, as soon as I have that nudge of like, Hey, something's not right here. Something's off. I do not shove it down anymore. I look at it. I address it. I act on it. I make decisions around it. I change it. I ditch it. I kill it. I do whatever I need to do. Um, but yeah, it just, it really starts with acknowledging those nudges or those inner whispers or the, that unsettled feeling of like, this isn't right for me anymore. And just taking one step at a time, what's the very first step here. Um, and then what's the next step. And then what's the next step, right? It doesn't have to mean that you have to completely blow up your life. Like I did. Um, and everything comes crashing down, but just start with one area at a time and start looking through it. Yeah. One thing. One thing today, yeah. Um, yeah, kombucha in a wine glass. Kombucha in a wine glass. It's so a game everyone's changer. Busy. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to put your info um, in my show notes, but I also just for those listening right now, um, how do people get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Yep. So Instagram, um, just Erica Lynn Carico at, um, on Instagram. I'm there quite a bit. I do have a lot of, um, free videos on YouTube that they can, you know, if you just Google mm-hmm. search me on YouTube or whatever, um, I'll come up there. And then I do have a Facebook group, um, called six figure soul sisters that people can jump into. And then of course my website has tons of free resources on it and it's just ericacarico.com. Sweet. Okay. I'll put all of that in the show notes. So it's clickable and all you have to do is click and get there. So yeah, well, thank you so much for um, sharing your story with us and um, I'm inspired and um, I look forward to continuing to watch your journey play out because I know it's just beginning, right? Thank you. Yes, I think so too. So thank you so much. It was such a pleasure being here and 
Um, thank you for just the work that you do too. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you. Thank you.